The demand to be prepared for all future actions and all situations is the cause of our problems. Every situation is so different and our attempt to be prepared for all those situations is the one that is responsible for our not being able to deal with situations as they arise. Understanding is the absence of the demand for understanding, now or tomorrow. Those who are marching into the battlefield and are ready to be killed today in the name of democracy, in the name of freedom, in the name of communism, are no different from those who threw themselves to the lions in the arenas. The Romans watched that fun with great joy. How are we different from them? Not a bit, we love it. To kill and to be killed is the foundation of our culture. You say that I am living in illusion, but poverty, work, war, they are not illusions, are they? In what sense am I being deluded? What you experience through your separative consciousness is an illusion. You can't say that falling bombs are illusion. It is not an illusion. Only your experience of it is an illusion. The reality of the world that you are experiencing now is an illusion. That is all I'm trying to say, if you say that. The problem is this. Nature has assembled all these species on this planet. The human species is no more important than any other species on the planet. For some reason, man accorded himself a superior place in the scheme of things. He thinks that he is created for some grander purpose than if I could give a crude example, the mosquito that is sucking his blood. What is responsible for this is the value system that we have created, and the value system has come out of the religious thinking of man. Man has created religion because it gives him a cover. The demand to fulfill himself, to seek something out there, was made imperative because of this self-consciousness in you which occurred somewhere along the line of the evolutionary process. Man separated himself from the totality of nature. Nature is interested in only two things, to survive and to reproduce one like itself. Anything you superimpose on that, all the cultural input is responsible for the boredom of man. So we have varieties of religious experience. You are not satisfied with your own religious teachings or games, so you bring in others from India, Asia or China. They become interesting because they are something new. You pick up a new language and try to speak it and use it to feel more important. But basically, it is the same thing. The body is not interested in your perceptions. It is not interested in learning anything from you or knowing anything from you. All the intelligence that is necessary for this living organism is already there. Our attempts to teach the body or make it function differently from the way it is programmed by nature are what are responsible for the battle that is going on. There is a battle between what is being put there by culture and what is inherent in the body.
The body cannot be afraid of death. The movement that is created by society or culture is what does not want to come to an end. What you are afraid of is not death. In fact, you don't want to be free from fear. It is fear that makes you believe that you are living and that you will be dead. What we do not want is the fear to come to an end. That is why we have invented all of these new minds, new sciences, new talk, therapies, choiceless awareness and various other gimmicks. Fear is the very thing that you do not want to be free from. What you call yourself is fear. The you is born out of fear. It lives in fear, functions in fear and dies in fear. As a human body, it is an extraordinary piece of creation. But as a human being, he is rotten because of the culture. I may sound very cynical, but a cynic is really a realist. Life is simply a process of stimulus and response, and stimulus and response are one unitary movement. If that idea of the meaningful is dropped, then you will see meaning in whatever you are doing in daily life. But we have turned that, what you call sexual activity, which is biological in its nature, into a pleasure movement. There must be two, you know? I love somebody and somebody else loves me. Wherever there is division, there can't be love. We are trying to bridge this gap, which is horrible for us, which has no meaning, which is demanding something from us. But this fancy idea that there must be love between these two individuals. When once we are freed from the goal of solving problems, the question of whether it is a positive approach or a negative approach does not even arise. You will be peaceful when all of your ideas about awareness are dropped and you begin to function like a computer. You must be a machine, function automatically in this world, never questioning your actions before, during or after they occur. What I am emphasising is that we are trying to solve our basic human problems through a psychological framework, when actually the problem is neurological. The body is involved. Take desire. As long as there is a living body, there will be desire. It is natural. Thought has interfered in trying to suppress control and moralise about desire to the detriment of mankind. We are trying to solve the problem of desire through thought. It is thinking that has created the problem. The framing of what there is by the mind is what you call beauty. I still maintain that it is not love, compassion, humanism or brotherly sentiments that will save mankind. No, not at all. It is the sheer terror of extinction that can save us, if anything can. Sorrow is there for as long as you think. There is actually no sorrow there to be free from. Thinking about and struggling against sorrow is sorrow. Since you can't stop thinking and thinking is sorrow, you will always suffer. There is no way out, no escape. 
The demand for permanence in every area of our existence is the cause of human misery. There's no such thing as permanence at all. Thought is a very protective mechanism and is interested in its own survival. At the same time, thought is opposed fundamentally to the functioning of this living organism. We are made to believe that there is such a thing as mind, but there is no such thing as your mind or my mind. Society or culture, or whatever you want to call it, has created us solely and wholly for the purpose of maintaining its own continuity and status quo. At the same time, it has also created the idea that there is such a thing as individual. But actually, there is a conflict between the two. The idea of the individual and the impossibility of functioning as an individual separate and distinct from the totality of man's thoughts and experiences. I am like a puppet sitting here. It's not just I, all of us are puppets. Nature is pulling the strings, but we believe we are acting. If you function that way, as puppets, then the problems are simple. But we have superimposed on that the idea of a person who is pulling those strings. Somewhere along the line in human consciousness, there occurred self-consciousness. When I use the word self, I don't mean that there is a self or a centre there. That consciousness separated man from the totality of things. Man, in the beginning, was a frightened being. He turned everything that was uncontrollable into something divine or cosmic and worshipped it. It was in that frame of mind that he created, quote and unquote, God. So culture is responsible for whatever you are. I maintain that all political institutions and ideologies we have today are the outgrowth of the same religious thinking of man. The spiritual teachers are in a way responsible for the tragedy of humankind. Your own death, or the death of your near and dear ones, is not something you can experience. What you actually experience is the void created by the disappearance of another individual and the unsatisfied demand to maintain the continuity of your relationship with that person for a non-existent eternity. The arena for the continuation of all these permanent relationships is the tomorrow, heaven, next life and so on. These things are the inventions of a mind interested only in its undisturbed permanent continuity in a self-generated fictitious future. The basic method of maintaining the continuity is the repetition of the question, how, how, how? How am I to live? How can I be happy? How can I be sure I will be happy tomorrow? This has made life an insoluble dilemma for us. We want to know, and through that knowledge we hope to continue on with our miserable existences forever. Courage is not an instrument or quality you can use to get somewhere. The stopping of doing is courage. The ending of tradition in you is courage. You are living. As soon as you introduce the question, how to live, you've made of life a problem. How to live has made life meaningless. The moment you ask how, you turn to someone for answers, becoming dependent. You don't actually know anything about that person or that thing. 
accept what you are projecting on the object or the individual. The knowledge you have about it is the experience. It goes on and on. That's all. What that really is, you have no way of knowing.